quit scratching those itches and listen to Career Bitches. Your resident career bitches. Your girl's Friday for advice, amazingly useful and amusing banter for anything and almost everything related to your career. They cut through the bullshit and all the workplace drama. Now give it up for these mamas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Joe is my husband. He's our producer. And he's like, you guys are leaving like good stuff on the table because you don't start recording when you actually start talking. <laughs> so I said, okay, I will take some producer notes from you, I guess. I, that's my job to that's do that. Right. He loves that. that I have to listen to him at least some of the time. <laughs> Um, but that's a good bitch. And I was once in a very short-term job where I was supposed to be like editing and like, you know, project managing. And they were like, actually, can you write grants? And I said, no, I've never written a grant. And they're like, but you're a lawyer. Can't you just like write a grant? And I was like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> um, and guess what? We didn't get a grant. So there you go. But what's so wild sometimes is that I don't know that there is a set definition of who can write a grant and what you should bring to the table to be a good grant writer. Sometimes I wonder if what's the best grant writer is the people closest to the problem we're trying to solve. Yeah. Well, I can tell you it's not me. Don't let me write your grant. You won't get it. (laughs) Well, just because one time you didn't get it. Yeah, it's true. But it was like, I don't know. I don't like to fail. And I, I, it was like a full on fail. Did not get the project was good. We just didn't get the grant anyway. I, well, I hate grant I writing. My my bitch about philanthropy philanthropy and grant writing is that it's there's no rule book. There's no handbook that says this is what you should do and this is what you need to make sure. Every funder, every funding source gets to make up their own rules, and that's impossible. And that's why you probably got asked. And was because every, they didn't have any. Like it's just impossible. Yeah, I mean, it it felt like a free for all and no one knew what 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 anyone was doing. And I was like, "Look, I can I write resumes. Like I can look at the grant requirements and I can, you know, tailor this application." But I think grant writing has got has like its own specific flavor and I like literally had never done it, so I had no idea what they were looking for. Um and yeah, so we didn't get the grant. But this is our weekly bitch. And welcome to Career Bitches. I am Anne Tropea, your co-host. And I'm Marcel Yeager, and we are so excited today to have Naomi Hathaway with us, who is the founder of Leaving Well, but also the guru behind so many different ventures and so many industries and just an amazing human overall. So I'm going to let her talk about herself so I don't leave anything out and you don't miss anything. Um, so yeah, let's get to it. Naomi, the stage Hello. is yours. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so interesting as you were saying uh, the behind so many things because that goes right into leaving well that I've figured out a way to kickstart, launch and fire start things, but then hopefully do my best to leave them well so that either they continue on or that they have a natural and um, kind of holistic burning down so that I can move on to the next thing. So um, I I guess 
I would say that I've always been kind of in the realm of um, stability around housing and working through the way that we move as individuals and families into the places that we call home. Um, I'm a licensed real estate agent and I've run uh, a matchmaking realtor service for ooh, coming up on 10 years now. Um, wow. I, yeah, I, I'm out of the actual practice of selling homes because that's really stressful. But I love, you know, and if you were going to move to wherever, San Diego, you could call me and say, hey, I need a really great realtor in San Diego that I know will take care of our family and I'll match you with someone. Ooh, um, did you know that's where I grew up? No. I oh didn't. my God, that's wild. <laughs> See? Yeah. Matchmaking. Please help me. I want to move that back to San Diego. Um, And then I also wrote a blog post um, called I Am a Triangle and Other Thoughts on Repatriation that without knowing it was going to hit a chord, hit a chord, and then ended up founding um, a really large Facebook group with over 17,000 people back in the early 2010s. Um, And then we migrated that community over to Mighty Networks. And so that was a really... um, impactful thing um, to be a part of. And then now I'm really more squarely in the space of philanthropy and community um, efforts around affordable housing and homelessness prevention. But in doing all of that, um, started to really realize that we have um, individuals that are not leaving well when they leave their projects, their organizations, their roles. And so I've just launched um, in the last year uh, consulting around that space. So that's wow. my That's so cool. I love the idea of like getting to a place where you can burn down like sustainably so that something else can rise out of the fire, Phoenix-like, right? (laughs) Well, because either I I find that we, if we are, um, if we have a lot of ideas or if we have passions and we have energy, we want to start things and we want to even sometimes collaborate with other people. And we don't, I don't find make enough effort to worry about the, what are we leaving behind? Like what, mm-hmm. what's the wake that I leave behind with all these ideas that I'm starting. Um, and there's also the beautiful part of like sustainably burning down sometimes means putting the fire out, tamping down the coals, making sure nothing happens after. And it also sometimes means handing the tending um, tools to someone else so that they can re-envision, reimagine. Um, so yeah, I feel like winter time is like the perfect time for this analogy. I'm so into it right now. (laughs) And I also want to point out to our listeners who cannot see your beautiful space that Nami has her bookcase organized behind her by color. And it's just, I'm like, it's giving me all the feels. (laughs) I love it. People often ask me if I like, how do you possibly know where a book is then if it's organized by color and not in another way? Um, but I've read almost all of them. And so I know very intuitively like where they are on my bookshelf. You're like, oh yeah, that's a red book. That mm-hmm. book has a red. I know where exactly where that is. Totally get that. <laughs> I also will point out that uh, the listeners can't tell this, but I, I, I read mostly leadership or um, personal development or um, a lot of emergent strategy type books. There's not very many in the teal category. So if you're a book writer, um, that might be a color for your spine that you want to pay attention to. There's a lot of dark blues and blacks and a lot of red and orange, but not, no teal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Marketers take note. See, I'm bringing all the tips. Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. really interesting. <laughs> And that's not even related to community. You're just drawing all kinds of lines all around. 
That's awesome. Unsolicited so, tips from Naomi. Yeah, no, we love oh, yeah. unsolicited tips. So we're all about We that. often give unsolicited tips to our listeners, <laughs> whether they want them or not. But trust me, if you're listening, you want them because they're all amazing. Every single one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you, Naomi, you pointed to like the idea of kind of leaving well and how that ties you know, like tying everything together that you've done sort of as like a founder and entrepreneur and but even into your own space now, right, with affordable housing and homelessness. How do you but obviously, right, this is a topic right now that's also huge because of all the layoffs that are happening, right? And the yeah. recession. Um what do you feel like, you know, is this work also for those people and how I mean, what kind of tips, I guess, do you have yeah. for people who are experiencing these really difficult transitions right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I need to point out that part of the, the Leaving Well concept actually came from um, an expat friend. His name is Jerry Jones, and he wrote it, I don't know, eight, eight ten years ago about when you leave a posting or a location that is not your um, passport country home, you need to leave well. And he has this whole like 10 points of what to do to leave well. And so only recently have I started to see that this is a really good um, concept for the workspace as well. Um, and I think for me, um, when I think about the work that I launch into, whether it's as an employee or as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as an owner, I'm mostly doing the work because of a connection I have to it or something that I want to see come about because I'm in the work, an impact I want to have, whatever. I also think that there's a component of uh, my work having some alignment with my values. So if I have work that's aligned with my values and there's an impact that I want to have, it only behooves me to also practice leaving well, because otherwise it's like you just end up splintered um, as you try and do this work in the world and then you don't leave well. So um, I think that in an easy, perfect world, you have space to know when you're going to leave a thing. You know when a project's going to wrap up. You give notice at your job with enough um, ample runway for everyone to kind of absorb. But to your point, Marcel, about the folks that um, are in the middle of layoffs or reduction in force or being made redundant, um, you don't have as much time, but there are still things that you can do around leaving well. And a lot of that becomes internal. So when I work with people who have been laid off or fired, um, a lot of it becomes making, and this some of this sounds so simple, but it's just that we need to make a better habit, making a list of why you had the job in the first place, making a list of what you got done. Um, I don't have it handy to show you, but I have a notebook called Worthy Work where I, every week, just track some of the small things that I did that I feel like made an impact. So revisiting Worthy Work, or if you haven't kept track of it along the way, start now and go back through the weeks, the months, the last years, and just write down what you did do to impact that space. Um, it can also help you, I think, I mean, you all know you're the resume um, writing queens, but I think it also can help you reconfigure like what have you learned from the last job that could really impact your resume as you go forward? Oh my um, God. If if every client we had did the thing that you're describing, we would be like the happiest campers ever. So please, if you're listening to this, this is such a great, great takeaway. Write some shit down, guys. Like yeah. keep track of the stuff that's important because yeah. you will forget. 
If you're like me and you have small children and you've got 10,000 things happening and you have to make dinner, you're going to fucking forget the awesome thing you did this week. You will. The other thing is they don't have to be like these ground shaking things. Sometimes it can be today I introduced person A to person B and made the connection. Like that's worthy Mm -hmm. work. Sometimes it can be looking back and realizing that you found a discount code for something that the company needed to buy. That's cost savings. That's worthy work. Like try and get outside of the realm of like, it's got to be big stuff. It's just little bits of things that come together. So that would be my suggestion for people who have less of um, notice or less warning is to do some internal work and track. Um, The other thing that's really helpful, um, and this goes along with what you all do too, with um, career um, journey mapping is the red thread throughout. What things did you um, not get done that you still have space for? Like that might be a next job that you pursue is the things of your red thread journey you didn't finish. Um, So yeah, those are just a couple of tips. That's amazing. And I I think we talk about the thread a lot because, but, but like, I like the way you phrased it because people don't, it's usually something that will come out after we've asked a lot of questions Mm. and people cannot see any thread if you were just to ask them straight out. Right. So I like what you just said about sort of what are also the things that you, yeah, that you're not practicing now that maybe you used to, or that you think in the future, I'm going to do this again when I have time and maybe bringing that into the present is a very valuable exercise. I think it also to just kind of underscore the the values connection piece of it. Um, you know, none of none of our jobs are perfect, and so when we start a new job, there's often excitement around the things, the matchmaking piece of it. Like they want me, I want them. I'm going to do all this great stuff. <laughs> and so, what are the values that you held true at the beginning, and how can you reconnect with those now? And for some people, especially if there's a reduction in force, there might be a gap. Um, before you're working again, how can you plug into your community around volunteering? How can you bring those same values into, and this again sounds so simple, but how can you bring those into your home space? Um, You know, whether it's, I, I, of course, now I can't think of an example, but there's ways that you can connect your values to what you do every day, even if it's not tied to a salary. Totally. And I think, Marcel, I think you'll agree that this kind of ties into what we tell our clients that all the work that you do is valuable and something to include. It doesn't have, we don't care if you get paid for it, right? You don't need money. I don't care if it's part-time. I don't care if it's volunteer. I don't care if it's remote or contract, whatever. Like when we talk about work that you've done, we don't qualify it in those ways because all of the work that you do whether even if if it's at home, you know, personal, you know, just stuff that you care about, community work that you do, like that shit is valuable and it's real. And it is, it's definitely a mistake for anyone listening to think like, well, you know, I just kind of did this part time on the side and, you know, I didn't get paid for it. So I'm not going to talk about it because it's not like, you know, I didn't make $120,000 a year and have a job title. No, yep. wrong. <laughs> you did the work like you you made an impact. That's important. And we definitely need to draw that out. And everyone should kind of, I think it's important to reframe the way we think about work. And so, Naomi, I think what you're saying is super powerful and important for everyone to hear. 
Well, and one thing that's interesting, because I, I personally have used Career Valet for myself and my husband has as well. And what I think was important from a learning um, perspective was how to be high level in what you present, but using the words and the things that connect to the uniqueness of who you are. Um, you know, to it's it's easy to say that you connect your works to metrics or work to outcome, but sometimes it's the in the middle stuff that doesn't necessarily have a like bow that tied it up, but you still did the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I think there's another component too of leaving well, especially around redundancy and reduction in force. Uh, I worked with someone recently who was responsible to deliver the news of a massive reduction in force. And she was like, how do I practice leaving well when I'm the one delivering the bad news? Mm-hmm. And so we worked through what are what were her values? What were the company's values? And one of the things was taking care of each other. So they gave, they did two things, which were brilliant. They gave everyone a gift card for dinner that night saying, we know this sucks and we really don't want you to have to worry about dinner. So here's a DoorDash. And then the second thing they did was develop a directory of everyone who gave consent and then they put it out on LinkedIn and they, they're like, here's the people that we had to let go. Here's the amazing things that they've done for us, which then those employees, you know what they said? They're like, oh, this helps me with my resume. I didn't know that's what you thought I was good at. So it was this beautiful like mirroring thing. So I just wanted to share that as well because that was kind of cool. I love that. I I recently had to – not for career ballet, for a different, um, a different role I was in, had to let some – um, contract employees go. And what I did something, I didn't give them a DoorDash. They wouldn't let me. They were too nice. <laughs> but what I did do was put together like a best hits of like, mm-hmm. this is what you did for me. That was awesome. And that I would awesome. like, I would love for other people to know how awesome you are. And then, you know, offered to, you know, obviously be their, their um, referrals or you know, be their recommendations. But I just wrote but, that yeah. down. I love that. It's nice. It felt good. And I think it made people feel appreciated because I, you know, I'm not, I was not in a position where I had any decision-making power. I was just, you know, the bearer of bad news, which is like the suckiest place to be any, at any time. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And you think about how that leaves, right. This good feeling. So right. When someone is leaving, then that carries through because what we often see, of course, is when somebody's surprised by yeah. um, some kind of reduction in force, and even if they're given some time or some severance, that cutting of the cord is such a blow that there's yeah. no right. There's not even like any time to process. It's just like yeah. people just fall down really hard. Mm-hmm. So these examples are great because you just don't hear that often enough, right? Where people like you can, you, right. You can go with confidence and be like, oh, these are the things they shared that I did really well. And I feel empowered for my next step or to go talk to other people about what I did. If you don't yeah. give them that, you're not allowed. You know, you know, another example that I was just thinking of, um, we, we had a, uh, this, this was when I worked at this organization, but we were practicing leaving well. Um, I just was told by the executive director about how impactful leaving well was. Someone that was had they had to be let go um, recently was on a online forum defending the organization against some folks online that were really coming after the organization. And the ED put two and two together and said, you know, if we hadn't prioritized leaving well for this person, they might have joined in with the coming after the organization 
instead of being a defender. Um, and so that's something too, you know, if you think of like the bad apple spoils the whole barrel, prioritizing leaving well literally has ripple effects down the road that you may never hear about, but it's things like that um, where it's better for someone to speak. At least it doesn't have to be Pollyanna. It doesn't have to be perfect with like <laughs> nothing negative, but at least to be more in line with coming to the defense of an organization or a company versus, you know, slaughtering it um, online in a review or whatever. So that's helpful too. I'm just, I, I just thought of something that's probably way too clever for me, but I'm thinking like, this is like burning down versus burning bridges, right? Mm -hmm. That's so yep. nice. Like that would be such a great title of a book. <laughs> you should write There's it. your awkward book, right? <laughs> Well, and it goes back to the fire metaphor too mm -hmm. of like, you know, I, I love fire. Um, and I have a photo of me and um, about 15 acres of our um, childhood land that we lived on that was actively burning because I was trying to teach my little sister how to put out forest fires. Oops. <laughs> Oops. So I really do love fire. Um, but I thought there was something wrong with me because it always had this connotation of blowing shit up or mm -hmm. making a big, like chaos ensued with fire and fire. I mean, they're literally in prairie lands and farmlands. They do proactive burning sure. to heal the soil and to get it ready for the next thing. So as long as you prioritize leaving well, and you have all of the tools ready, so that you can put out the fire or so you can, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. so it, it can't just be about the fire starting, but it has to be about protecting um, the rest of it, which goes into a little bit about uh, it's as important for the person leaving as it is for the stayers. Um, and so part of the work that I do, if there's adequate notice, is helping the stayers because um, that that can be either good or bad, a good or, or bad experience, depending on who's leaving. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I love the fire metaphor. I So I brought up phoenixes earlier, and part of that is because I have a huge like phoenix tattoo on my back that I got in Vietnam. And for me, it was like very transformational at a time where a lot of things were hard for me and I needed a big change and to like reimagine myself as like a grown-up person. So... That was powerful to me. And I, yeah, I really connected with it. So I totally get what you're saying. I love that. Well, and it's, you know, talking about transformation and reimagining, sometimes I think our work is, is not always to see it through. Sometimes it's to get it to a certain part and then be able to hand it over. And so mm -hmm. in the work of leaving well, I think it's easier to detach a little bit to let someone else potentially reimagine or take it the next um, iteration, whatever that looks like. Um and I mean, there's a lot of pain involved with leaving and transition. Um, and so that's part of the leaving well concept too, is to say goodbye as much as you can and in the way that means the most to you so that you can start the next thing um, well as well. Also. Yeah. I mean, change is hard. Change is so hard. I mean, so we've had, Marcel, we've had several guests this season to talk about talking about change and like the ways that we change. And I think this is very a very cool way to kind of bring this full circle to talk about change in a totally different way that we haven't yet. Um, but that is just as important to think about yeah. and to kind of incorporate. So well, and if you think about so like, I, I mostly live in the nonprofit space. Um, 
And we are just <clears throat> handing each other um, broken folks. Mm. You know, like if we don't prioritize leaving well, and it might be with other industries too, like for example, tech layoffs. Like if we're not if we're not having people leave well, they're just taking all of that hard change, not process transition into the next space. And it's like this perpetual cycle. And so part of what I ask folks to do too is to talk more about it. Um, when I first um, engaged the services of Career Valley, it was because my husband had been laid off. Um, and it was, it was more of a, I don't know, it was maybe, <coughs> excuse me, because he's a guy, um, but there's no resources, or at least there weren't at the time, for like, how do you help your husband process through being laid off? Um, and so I think if, you know, I guess I'm, I'm asking folks that are listening to talk about reduction in force, talk about what it feels like, um, because there's, there's uh, healing that ha can happen when we do it together. Um, and at least if we can start making it more normalized, um, I think that's also super helpful. Yeah, I 100%. I think that that is a huge issue. And I'm glad you brought that up, which is, you know, it is very traumatic. Every time we talk to somebody who's just been laid off or knows they're going to be laid off or even knew for a long time, like if you're in Congress or something and you know yeah. that the person you're working for is retiring, you you know, right, that it's coming. And still, it is like a major change. And I think we don't even, it's in the same way to me that we don't think of even accepting a new job as like a major life event, right? Yeah. And it is. And people, every time you explain it that way, they're like, what? Really? But it's the same thing. It's losing a job or even taking a new job because you spend so much of your life there. So much of your life. And it's also, and this is, you know, we've been talking a lot about kind of the softer side um, the processing, the feeling side of it, but it's also pretty practical. Like what are the steps that you need to take if you have 30 days before you leave? What are the steps if you have 24 hours? What are the steps if you're a stayer and someone left super quick? What's What should be top of mind for you to instantly try and navigate or pull through, you know, if you think about finances, operational information, passwords. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. it's both the feeling side of it and the like practical, how do you protect the organizational structure and reputation? Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. And that's so important, Naomi, because you, you know, I think, I mean, at least for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people too, having that structure and the process and a timeline with it would actually make me feel more normal about it, right? Yeah. Like it's it yeah. takes away some of the emotion, right? Because you have this plan in front of you and you're like, I'm going to execute these steps, check these things off, and then just yeah. feel good about it, right? So, so think about this, and this is a little morbid, but it's also practical. <laughs> think of this transition, uh, death, right? So the, the best dying experience is when you've prepared a little bit for it when you've got your estate plan in place when you have your will if you've got kids you have a conservator like that's the best and the reason why it's the best is because you as the person who's prepared can live your life without stressing out about it and the people you've just left behind can grieve without also having to worry about the practical stuff so if you then kind of overlay that onto a leaving of a position project job if you have the structure in place, it actually lets you just grieve and or celebrate. It lets the stayers grieve and or celebrate knowing that there's this um, 
the framework is there, the structure is there. So it it doesn't feel so good to talk about like policies and checklists and templates, but <laughs> it really is helpful. I agree. And that point about grieving, right? Like and celebrating is something we miss too, I think, yeah. right? Do you find that? I mean, people don't really yeah. build that in to yeah. any of these processes of leaving and it's so important yeah. and we don't we, give ourselves the time for it. We actually, I just wrapped up a, a project with a client and part of her calendar that I sent her, we we do a calendar where we have like, and today we're going to talk about these templates and these policies. One of the days was literally a cry day. Like don't schedule meetings. Don't even go into the office on this day. She knew she had a long runway when she was leaving. Um, and she was like, I don't need that. I'm like, cool. Then go do something, go see a movie, whatever. And she called me the next day and she goes, I cried all day. Like she hadn't realized she hadn't built in a day to just have it be okay for her to feel the weight of the grief of this decision. Um, and I think that also you had brought up normalization. Um, it normalizes the fact that even if it's just a job, which for a lot of folks, jobs are just that, there's, we're still human and there's still going to be some kind of processing that needs to needs to happen, whether it's a full day or just the acknowledgement uh, that it, there is going to be some grief. Yeah. I, totally, I mean, yeah. totally. Yeah. And we've, we've, Marcel, we've talked about how um, workplaces are kind of like relationships, good or bad, right? You can have a really awesome relationship with a partner and it works great and there's good communication, like internal communications and everyone's on board and there's all this buy-in, right? Just, you know, personal or professional. And I think because uh, it seems like Americans, I don't know if this is true in every culture, but Americans for sure, our work is so intertwined with our personal lives that it really is a mistake. As much as we talk about, you know, you need to leave work at work. I don't think that's very realistic. I think it's so entwined and especially because of the pandemic when we were constantly working and parenting and like being a good wife or husband, you know, we're like doing all these things like simultaneously. I don't, you have to be like an amazing superpower, have an amazing superpower to be able to like put all of that shit into its separate box. It doesn't work. Especially when, when we have these things that go everywhere, our phones. Yes. Our, our smartphones. Um, and you can have access to your email, both your personal and your work email, all at the same time while yeah. you're working here. Um, yeah. It's hard. I think, I think the other thing I would point out, too, is um, what I learned when my husband was, when he lost his job, was that our kids were absorbing the impact of that, even if we thought we were protecting mm-hmm. them from it. And so I just always think about the impact of not only the leaving well concept on ourselves, on our workplaces, but also whoever we live with. Um, and if it's future generations or if it's, um, you know, our elders, whoever's watching us, that ripple out too um, helps us all be better in this space of leaving well. And then one thing I want to point out that just drives me crazy, which goes back to, Anne, your um, your book title. <laughs> all, there's a couple your of book books. title. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a lot of great um, books, um, Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, Michael Watkins has the first 90 days, and then he has a second one that goes on to it, um, Your Next Move. But you know what's not in any of those books? If you flip to the index, 
there's if you look at leaving leave leave and leaving don't show up in the indexes of any of these books about transition and the workplace and even in career books it's like okay so obviously there's something there so we can it doesn't have to be in a book but we can one by one um project one transition at a time start to implement um, some of these things i love that because it's like our avoidance of failure right another mm-hmm. thing from not just us culture i've seen that in many cultures because of where we've lived, right? That there, that failure is just wrong and you cannot but, have failure. But and who of like, us have the same job that we are first, we, none of us have our first jobs. Right. No one does. I, don't, I mean, like no one does, right? So like if- That if doesn't that, exist anymore. No. No. It doesn't. It's interesting. So Naomi, what you may not know about me is that I am a doula. And although I'm most often a birth doula, I also do, I have done some end of life doula work. And so for me, this is really kind of coming full circle, you know, with the work I do in that space and then the work I do with career valet and just kind of, you know, work I do within my own community. I mean, it's just, it it really cannot be separated. And it's, I really feel like it's so, and Marcel, like this is, I just listened to the podcast episode that dropped today where we talk about how important it is to bring your whole like authentic self Mm -hmm. to work and talk about when, you know, stuff is going on at home because that's part of who you are and that's important to incorporate so that people can understand how to help. But this also ties into, you know, how do we finish up something? How do we end something? You know, how do we, how do we end well? How do we, how do we leave well? How do we how do we make that better, that transition, which happens to everyone and it's normal? Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, I don't know. It's 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 giving me a lot to think about. Well, and to, to that same um, realistic ending that you were just talking about, the only thing that's different between each of us is how much, how long we have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you plan for your death and your end of life, it's it's that you've planned and you still don't know how much time you have. So if you plan to leave well, it doesn't mean that you're ready to leave the next day. We can also we can also talk about leaving well in our workplaces and our teams and start to remove the stigma of it being scary to leave. Mm-hmm. So you can start today. If you're listening to this today, you can take this into your team and be like, you know what I just heard on this podcast, this concept called leaving well, we should add it to our quarterly meetings of like, are we as an organization ready to leave well? Are we individually? Like it just starts to make it easier to talk about it, just like it does to talk about estate planning. Mm-hmm. The more you talk about it with your family, the less um, awkward or scary it gets. That's such great advice. I really hope everyone listening takes that advice. And I Certainly, I think Marcel and I are going to be talking about this at our next um, our next weekly meeting for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think another you know, if anyone wants to take away something else, I think it's the concept of worthy work that you mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. starting to record all those things because right, that'll help you get to this point of oh, these are the things that I value, like you said in the okay. beginning. And the, if I do stick to these types of work, like yeah. notice what you're writing down, then you can also leave well when the time comes. The other thing I'll say is a little um, plug that might feel a little strategic or maybe even a little manipulative, which I think is okay. <laughs> is take the things that show up in your worthy work, 
tell the people, especially if they've got any kind of influence or decision-making power, tell them that they ended up in your worthy work notebook and be like, you know what? I was just reflecting on the work that I've done over the last six months. And you came up those two introductions that I made to you. So I hope those were helpful. And I just wanted to say, hey, and check in. Because then what happens, I mean, I think, is when you then are on LinkedIn is open to work, say that person sees it, they're like, oh my God, they were so amazing. They might want to be helpful in your next transition your next job opportunity. So um, there's ways that you can also take it from being an internal process that really helps you to an external on purpose, um, especially if you're job seeking. That's genius. See, I don't, I don't, and I don't think that's manipulative, at, le- mm-hmm. at least not like in any negative way. Yeah. I think it's nice to tell people like when you appreciate what they've done and, and how they've helped or yeah, I think that's important to say those things out loud yeah, we were just doing humans. that actually um, with the kids talking about what do you appreciate about someone mm. else in the family? What are you proud of? And what's something intriguing or interesting? Hmm. And so this goes to that point, right? Of like, tell people you work with the same yep. things yep. and it can only come back and help. I mean, it makes you feel good, first of all, but also it could help you. And I think people don't realize that it's very simple. You don't need like an entire networking plan, like, you know, <laughs> print it out and staple. Yeah. You just need to connect with people and thank you them. Do. There was, I was looking at my book shelf, but I can't find it really quickly, but the power of onlyness by Nilifer Merchant. Um, there's a whole section in the book where it talks about signaling and that's, that's what you do, right? You're mm-hmm. signaling out either. This is a value that I hold dear. And I, I saw that we matched or here's something that I see in you, it, which is a value that I can see on the outside. Like you're living your value on the outside. Um, and that starts to signal out, um, which can be really meaningful in relationship building. That's great. Oh, my goodness. This is great. And we could talk to you forever. So I know. I was going to say you back. <laughs> three more hours. I know. Yeah. We totally could. Definitely. But yeah, I where So, Naomi. As much as we would love to continue chatting with you forever and ever, um, <laughs> where can people find you if they're interested in connecting with you or learning more about the work that you do? Yeah. So um, I love Instagram. It's not very specific to the work that I do, but I do um, love that platform. And I'm there at Naomi Hadaway. And then my website is NaomiHadaway.com. And if you click on the what I do button, you can find more information about leaving well. That is very like direct and helpful. <laughs> Web I would, navigation. I would love to um, send you all kind of a we talked at the at the beginning of the podcast, kind of a, if you have this much many days, this is what you might want to consider. And if you don't have very much time at all, um, I would love to send you kind of a little, um, not cheat sheet, because it's not cheating anything, but um, kind of a, a prep sheet um, that you can make available to your listeners. Oh, that would be so lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Yes, we definitely want that. And I guarantee our listeners would love to have that because- Perfect. People are always transitioning. It's normal. Yes. And yep. that it, it will eventually happen to you. Yep. Whoever's right. listening. Or someone that you love very, very closely soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. And that's okay. That's okay. Thanks for you having all. me. This is Thank I literally so could much. talk about this forever and <laughs> talk to you both about it. Yay. Well, it's yeah. been such a pleasure to have you. I'm so, so glad that you uh, agreed to join our fun little podcast um, for an episode. Um, 
For anyone who is listening, just a quick reminder that you too can be the proud owner of a Career Bitches t-shirt designed by yours truly. That would be me. (laughs) Um, You can uh, either buy it on our website at uh, careervalet.com or if you write a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever else you consume your podcast media and send a photo of your review to info at careervalet.com. We will ship one out lickety split from beautiful Baltimore City. Any other housekeeping, Marcel? I know, I feel like I'm always forgetting to say something. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you again, Naomi. It's been a pleasure and uh, we'll see everyone next time. The Career Bitches are eternally grateful to our producer, Joe Tropea at Hari Kovair Productions based in beautiful Baltimore City, for his bullshit-free feedback and constant support. We would also like to thank Micro Kingdom for their musical genius and providing our theme music. You can check out more of their extra-cognitive spiritual magnetism at www.microkingdom.com. A new episode of Career Bitches drops every Monday morning to start your work week. And you can listen to us bitch on demand on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you find your podcast.